Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, hi and welcome to Elevation Church Mandra's online experience for today. Uh, and you've already been welcomed by my wonderful wife, Rachel. I want to welcome you again. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Marty and together Rachel and I get the great privilege of leading this location of Elevation Church. I want to especially welcome those that are joining us maybe for the very first time. So maybe you've never stepped foot in our actual building, um, standing in part of our cafe area recording this message on Saturday morning. And our hope and our prayer is that we get to meet you face to face. Uh, but for all of us here, uh, we want to say welcome. Uh, great to have you here this morning, whether you've never been in the building with us before or whether you've been many, many times. We're so glad that you clicked with us online and that we're able to gather uh, in this way during this time of restriction. Uh, I also want to add my thanks to all those who helped out at our working bee. Uh, last Sunday afternoon, we had to quickly adapt and put masks on, but we got so much done. We did great upgrades on our kids' facilities. We're able to work, uh, we dug soak wells, we add, added parking dots to our car park. We had people here with John Deere tractors, moving dirt, and it was just an amazing time. And the rain held off, which was a miracle, it was awesome. We prayed that the rain would just sort of, you know, move around 240 McClarty Road, Hull's Head, and, and it did. And so today I'm gonna to be speaking about how to pray to keep the rain away. And I'm only joking, but I am gonna be speaking about prayer um, because prayer is our new, uh, what we call spiritual discipline or spiritual practice uh, that we'll be centering our life groups around for the next two months. If you're unfamiliar with what life groups are, they're small groups of people that meet midweek. Um, most of them meet uh, fortnightly, some weekly, and some monthly. And the whole purpose of our life groups is that we would build community together. Uh, pretty much at all of them, we, we share food, we have fun, and we encourage one another as we center our lives around following Jesus. And I've spoken a few times about this over the course of the year, but we really felt at the start of 2021 to spend a, a good chunk of time, so two months each, focusing on a spiritual discipline or spiritual practice in our life groups. You might ask, well, what's a, what's a spiritual discipline? What's a spiritual practice? Sounds very serious. Uh, it's not. It's important. It doesn't have to be serious, though. But these are things like prayer, fasting, service, silence, solitude, and worship. Uh, these things aren't the goal, but what they are is their rhythms and their patterns that we can build into our lives that place us before God so that He can come in, so that His transforming power changes us from the inside out. As we implement these patterns and rhythms, they're like a, a trellis for a vine. They help us as we grow in God and they give us some structure and some practical avenues to meet with God and to see his life just come in and transform ours. And so uh, this year so far in January and February, we looked at fasting as our spiritual practice, as our uh, spiritual discipline. In March and April, we did worship. And then for the last two months, 
uh, we've been doing simplicity. And so that brings us to the next, next two months. And as I said, we're going to be speaking about prayer. And during this time in our Sunday services, we'll speak about some different topics. But what will happen is that prayer will run through our life groups like an underground stream of fresh water uh, bringing life to our spirits and our souls. We'll be centering those life groups really around prayer and around discovering more of Jesus uh, through prayer. And so for this morning, what I want to do is I want to uh, I want to look at two misconceptions when it comes to prayer. And so we're, we're going to start by checking out a little bit of a clip um, from a classic Jim Carrey movie, um, Bruce Almighty. So why don't you check out this clip and then we'll talk about some misconceptions when it comes to prayer. Yo. You've got prayers. Welcome to the Revelation Superhighway. We bless, no mess. Downloading now. It's <laughs> good. It's good. This is gonna take a while. One million five hundred twenty-seven thousand five hundred and three prayer requests. I better manifest some coffee. Now that's fresh mountain grown coffee from the hills of Colombia. Classic Jim Carrey movie. Any Ace Ventura fans out there? But 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 anyway, moving back onto moving back onto prayer. Like I said, I want to talk about two misconceptions when it comes to prayer. And the first one is this: is which we saw from that clip. Is the first misconception is that prayer is all about asking. Now, before you think that I've gone rogue and this four-day lockdown has really got to me, don't don't worry. We believe in asking. Uh, the Bible says this in Philippians four. Chapter 6, sorry, chapter 4, verse 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So, should we request things in prayer? Absolutely. However, is asking God for stuff the whole picture when it comes to prayer? Absolutely not. You know, the other night I was uh, tucking our six year old son into bed, I was uh, 
we were doing our nighttime prayers and I, I prayed for him. So I prayed, thank God for a great day, prayed that he would have a really good sleep and thank God for the, for the day that was, that was coming up. And then I asked him, uh, I said, son, is there anything that you'd like to pray for? And he said, yes. And I'm like, okay, go for it. And he's like, dear God, I pray that I'll get a Nintendo Switch for my birthday. Amen. And what did I do in that moment? Did I, did I start to you know, scold him and talk to him and say, what are you doing? You know what? Prayer is not about asking. How dare you ask for a Nintendo Switch and, and be like that and just think about your birthday? Prayer is not all about that. No, of course, I, of course I didn't do that. I said, that's great praying, son. Well done. Now it's time to go to sleep. And so prayer is not all about asking, but is asking part of it? Absolutely. But you know, he's, he's six and his prayer journey at the moment, which is awesome, is asking, is asking God for things. And that's fine, but I'd love to challenge some of us here that maybe are a little bit more mature in our journey and walk with God or have gone along the journey a few more years and ask the question, is your prayer life with God just a request fest of all the things that you need and you want? God, I need this. God, I want this. God, can you do this? God, I miss this. Can you, can you bring this back? Maybe even for you, prayer's been a last resort. Well, I've tried everything in my own strength. I've tried to do this. I better, I better pray and, and see what God can come up with. But can I encourage you this morning? When it comes to prayer, there is so much more. Uh, I love this quote from uh, theologian Ronald Reinheiser. He says this, I'll read it to you. He says, our adult years are a marathon, not a sprint. And so it is difficult to sustain graciousness, generosity, and patience through the tiredness, trials, and temptations that beset us through those years. All on our own, relying on willpower alone, we too often fatigue, get worn down, and compromise both our maturity and our discipleship. We need help from beyond, from somewhere even beyond our human supports that help bolster us. We need, we need God's help, strength from something beyond what is human. We need prayer. I wonder how often the requests that we present to God are all about the external, when really what God is after is a transformation of the internal, a transformation of the interior of our lives that bursts forth to the external, but starts right here. So often, as you read through the four Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first four books of the New Testament in the Bible, you find Jesus spending time in prayer. Mark 1, 35 to 37 says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. I know that living in the 21st century, we, we think we are the busiest people that have ever walked across the face of the planet, and maybe we are, and that probably shouldn't be a badge of honor, but that's a, that's a conversation for uh, another time. But here we see Jesus in his busyness, prioritizing prayer, prioritizing prayer of the demands on him from the outside. We remember Simon comes and says, Jesus, Everyone is looking for you. What, what are you doing? There's stuff to do. There's people to respond to. Where are you? 
So while we don't necessarily know what Jesus prayed for uh, in those times, I bet it wasn't just for the external circumstances to be worked in his favour. We, we get a glimpse of this as Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he goes to the cross. Uh, this is in Matthew 26 verses 36 to 56. We won't read it all, but basically what happens is that Jesus tells his disciples to, to, to go and wait. And then he takes the, the three, the inner circle with him to go and pray because he says that his soul is is crushed, he's at the spare, is at this place where he's at the end of himself crying out to God. And he prays a prayer, pretty much the exact same prayer, three times in verses 39, 42, and 44. Let me read it to you from uh, verse 39 of chapter 26 of Matthew. This is Jesus praying. He says, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. Yet I want your will to be done not mine. You see, Jesus goes before the Father, his Father, before God, and although he asks for another way, he ends all three times of this prayer with, your will be done. Not my will, Father, but your will be done. Richard Foster says this, he says, to pray is to change. Prayer is a central avenue that God uses to change us. He says, if we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a characteristic in our lives. I, I, I want to tell you, does God want you to ask things? Does God want you to believe for miracles in your life, in your family situation, uh, in your workplace, uh, in your body, in your health? Does he want us to pray for those things? Absolutely. But also, God is just not like Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty, just getting through a bunch of prayer requests from his people. He wants to move on our behalf. He wants to bring miracles and breakthroughs in the situations. And he wants to bring a breakthrough for you. But even more than that, even higher than that, he wants to have a relationship with you. And prayer is one of the incredible ways that we can do that. And you might ask, well, how, like, why is prayer one of the ways that we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Well, that really comes into our second misconception about prayer that I want to speak about today. And so while the first one is, is a misconception about prayer is it's all about asking, the second one is this, the second misconception is that prayer is a one-way conversation. You see, generally in the world, generally in society, whether it's with you know Christian believers or not, if you speak to God, that is if you pray, that's seen as relatively normal, like you're still sane. Like e even those who, you know, don't believe in God will, you know, say a little prayer for you. Or, may or maybe they're like, you know, Bon Jovi, like living on a prayer. I, I really want to sing them, but I won't because I want you to stay, I want you to stay tuned in. But so praying, speaking to God is one thing. But if you tell someone that you hear from God, oh, it's a little bit strange, a little bit weird. You're hearing voices, right? A little bit, maybe a little bit on the insane side. Maybe, maybe lockdown is, you know, really, really tough on uh, on you. You're hearing, you're hearing God. Think, think of just generally in society, you know, hashtag pray for, you know, insert whatever natural disaster is occurring. Now, should we do this? Absolutely. We should pray for cities. We should 
pray for um, the challenges that people face all across the world. Um, but prayer is not just one way. Prayer is not just us speaking to God. God wants to speak to you. Author and pastor from New York, Tim Keller, says this. He says, what is prayer then in the fullest sense? Prayer is continuing a conversation with God that he started through his word and his grace, which eventually becomes a full encounter with him. Prayer is a conversation. It's two-way. But I love what Keller says. He says that it's the continuation of a conversation that God started through his word and by his grace. You might ask, well, what does that mean, by his grace? Well, it's only because of Jesus that we can come into a relationship with God. Because of his sacrifice on the cross, because of his power over sin and over death as he was resurrected on that third day. That's how we come into relationship with God. And it's because of God's grace. What does that mean? His un, our undeserved, or sorry, his undeserved favor placed on us. You didn't earn it. The fact that you came to hear about Jesus, the fact that maybe a friend invited you to church, the fact that maybe your family taught you about Jesus from a young child, the situations and um, different circumstances that positioned you to receive God's love were probably not of your own doing. Did you have to make a choice to walk with God, to accept Him as your Lord and say, yes, absolutely, but it's by God's goodness that led us to that place. That's what the Bible says. It's only by the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So it's, it's not about what we've done. It's about what he's done. But it's also, like Keller said, it's a conversation that was started through his word. And that's his written word, the Bible. You see, people often ask, well, well how can I... If God wants to speak, how, how do I hear from God? Do I just sit and wait for like a big booming voice from heaven? Or, you know, what, 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 what do I do? Well, I, I find a great way to begin is by reading the Bible, by reading his word. Remember, God started this conversation with us through his word. And a great practical way that you can do that is actually start to pray through some scriptures. You go, well, what do, I, what, what do you mean by that? Let me give you an example. So Psalm 103 in the Old Testament, uh, the book of Psalms, 150 chapters, their prayers, their songs, their cries of the heart, they have everything from celebration through to despair, through to just an acknowledgement of the, of the greatness of God, through to the specific circumstances that the author of the psalm was facing. But Psalm 103 verses 1 to 5 says this, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. You can start to pray through that. You can start to stop in that verse and say, God, I, I, I'm praying. I'm praising your name today. Not just a little bit, but with my whole self, God. I praise you. I will praise your holy name. That's, that's, the, start of, that's the start of prayer. And then verse 2 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. You can continue by saying, God, I praise you again. And God, I thank you for the good things. I thank you that you've blessed me, maybe with the family that I have. I think you've blessed me with the opportunities 
that I've had. I thank you for the, the good things that you've done in me, how you've set me free of this fear, how you've uh, brought encouragement and love and grace to my life. And it continues, verse 3 says, He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. You can stop and pause and pray as you hit that verse and say, God, I, I thank you that you've forgiven me. For those things that I've done, those attitudes that I've held, those words that I've said, those actions that I've taken. God, I thank you that you've forgiven me of those sins, that you've healed me of my diseases, where I've been healed physically. God, I thank you for that. Verse 4 continues, he redeemed me from death and crowned me with love and tender mercies. Once again, as you pray, God, I thank you. I thank you that you've redeemed me. That means you've, you've brought me back from death. You've brought me back from separation with you. I, I, I thank you that your word says you've crowned me with love and tender mercies. God, I thank you so much for that. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy over my life. And then the, this passage ends, verse 5 says, He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. God, I thank you. You're renewing the strength of youth. You're renewing in me. Just, just like an eagle soars, God, you're building that in my life. I thank you for the good things that you're filling my life with. And as you do that, it's a, it's a form of prayer. And it's a form of beginning a conversation with God through his word. And as you read the Bible, phrases or words may begin to pop out at you like they've been underlined and you know highlighted from heaven. Can I encourage you? That's God speaking to you. But maybe for you, it's not like they, they, they jump out like they've been, you know, bold type and, and, and underlined. Maybe, maybe for you, it's that feeling that you should pause in a certain spot. Maybe there's something you find confusing. I'd love to encourage you. That's an invitation from God to, to study, to research, to talk to someone else, to, to find out what God means through his word there. Maybe it's a pause as you remember a certain moment when you definitely didn't carry the kind of attitude or action that the Bible is speaking about. And that's a time to repent and confess our sins in prayer to God. Or maybe the pause is over something that stirs your heart with passion. That's a, that's a clue from God to begin to pray for others. But I want to encourage you that prayer is not just one way. It's not just asking for things, that's part of it, but it's also not just one way, it's a conversation. And there's an old priest called Eli in the Old Testament taught a young Samuel to pray, a simple seven word prayer. He said, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. Prayer is speaking, yes, but prayer is also listening. And I wonder what God is wanting to say to you today. What encouragement he wants to bring to you right, right in this moment. What invitation he wants to place before you right now so that you would enter into a, a, a closer walk, a greater journey with him. I wonder what prompting God wants to just give you to call someone, to send a text, to apologize to someone, to forgive someone else in your heart. What, what, what prompting does God want to speak to you today? You know, prayer is not just about asking and prayer is not just one-way communication. It's something that gives us so much life, that gives us a relationship with God through Jesus. But as we start to come to a close this morning, I, 
I don't feel that we can talk about prayer without spending some time in prayer. And so the more this morning, sorry, I'd love for us to pray for a few things. So, so we are going to do some asking because prayer is asking as well. We are going to do some asking, not for ourselves necessarily, but for others. And so the first thing as a church I'd love us to pray for together is for our government and for our key decision makers uh, when it comes to decisions going forward. Uh, I'd love to read this scripture to you. 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 to 3 says this. It says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Saviour. So this morning, right now, wherever you are, uh, in your lounge room, uh, still laying in your bed, uh, having a Sunday morning sleep and watching on your tablet, laptop, whatever you're up to, I'd love us to just take a, a few moments to speak out and to pray over our leaders, both local, state and national. Let's pray together for wisdom, for strength, for godly decision-making as they lead our cities, as they lead our state, as they lead our nation. So, so I'd love to encourage you right now where you are, would you start to pray? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. God, we thank you right now for every leader. We thank you, Lord God, over our city of Mandarin, region of Peel. We thank you over our state of Western Australia, over this nation of Australia. We lift up our leaders, Lord God. We lift up our leaders in government. We lift up the key decision makers. And we just declare right now over their lives, we thank you for wisdom. We thank you, God, that you lead them by your spirit. Even if they don't know you, God, you're much bigger than that. And so we lift them up to you. We declare strength. We declare wisdom over their lives that they make decisions that are the best for our nation, that are the best for our city, God. We thank you for their lives and we declare blessing over them. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit is going to move over their lives, going to bring strength, it's going to bring wholeness, and it's going to bring wisdom in this time. We thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And then, and then I'd like to take a moment uh, specifically where we pray uh, over our church and over our city uh, for those uh, small business owners, not-for-profit leaders that are, that are hurting at the moment when it comes to you know, the pandemic and different things that are, that are going on. We want to declare blessing over their lives. We want to declare breakthrough in their businesses. It's been, it's been a tough time for them. So would you pray with me right now? God, we thank you right now for every business owner. We thank you for every uh, not-for-profit leader, Lord God. We lift them up in our church. We lift them up in our city and this region and state. God, we declare right now that you strengthen them. Lord God, where they've been disheartened, where they've been dismayed. Lord God, where they've had just immense challenge for them. And God, we declare right now that your strength is in their lives. We declare that your power is over their hearts. And God, we just thank you right now that you fill them with that vision that you gave them, Lord God, over their business and over their organization. We thank you for them right now. We declare a breakthrough where there needs to be breakthroughs in Jesus' name. And I'd also just love us to take a quick moment of prayer. I'd like you to pray for another individual or family in our church, maybe just the first person that pops into your mind. If you're new with us and don't know anyone, that's totally fine. Why don't you think of a friend or maybe a family member of yours that you can, that you can pray for. Thank God for them. Declare blessing over their lives. Declare God's strength, God's peace over their lives. And so wherever you are, wherever you're watching, would you just take a moment, think of someone in our church. I'll pray generally, but why don't you pray specifically for someone in our location? God, we thank you right now 
for the great privilege to lead this church. God, I thank you over every individual. I thank you over every family, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you come and that you move, that you come and you bring strength, that you bring wisdom, that you bring peace, Lord God. We lift up our church to you and we thank you right now that you come and you fill us with your life and you fill us with your strength. You fill us with your vision for our lives. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And in the final prayer we're going to pray this morning is one that commits our lives to Jesus. Maybe this is the first time you've ever prayed this prayer. And so what I encourage you to do is I'm going to pray a line. And would you just repeat it right now in your lounge room, bed, you know, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this right now. And it's a prayer that connects our heart to God. So would you pray with me? This morning, maybe if you're praying for the first time, there's a little box in our chat section that comes up and says that I'd like to commit my life to Christ. That's just a way for you to make a real decision line in the sand and say, I'm praying this prayer for the first time over the first time in a long time. Would you pray with me, church? Would you pray, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came and you died for me from this day on. I want to live for you. I receive your love. I receive your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.